You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Good Wednesday to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? We install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Uh, it's been quite the morning uh, around the uh, the news world in the uh, involving, well, presumably, NHL players and uh, and then what's going on with Hockey Canada. Uh, of course, the Flames had a, a loss last night. Uh, NFL Championship weekend. Busy, busy. Busy basketball. The basketball and NBA has been nuts this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, and obviously, Netflix uh, introducing themselves to the live sporting event world. Uh, all this and more with a uh, friend of the show, Peter Klein. PK, thanks so much for taking the time and chatting uh, some sports. Uh, there's a lot to go on. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I liked <laughs> when, when you messaged me. Um, I, I liked when you messaged me yesterday. A lot of times, it's, hey, do you want to talk about flames? Do you want to talk about this? Do you want to talk about that? And the message was basically, hey, you want to talk about everything? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is basically how I, I think this is going to go. But yeah, no, no shortage of things to talk about. That's yeah. Sure. No, and we'll, we'll get the big one out of the way here. Obviously, Hockey Canada uh, and uh, well, Globe and Mail request had reporting this morning that uh, five players have been called to surrender to London, Ontario police uh, in regards to the uh, incident taking place in uh, June of 2018 after the 2018 World Junior uh, win, obviously. Uh, latest, you have, uh, obviously, this morning now, Alex Formanton has been granted an indefinite leave from his team over in Switzerland uh, as he's been allowed to now return to Canada. So don't want to, obviously, assume things, but just your takeaways on on this as uh, I think we're coming to a, a drop-dead date on on some of these names. Yeah, and it's it's something that has hung over the the league. It's something that has hung over a lot of the players um, for a very long time now, right? Like it's it's 2024. Uh, 2018 was a while ago, yes. and we just got the reporting a couple of years ago. But it, it has still been a long process, and um, there has been a lot of wildly unfair speculation at times. Uh, even now, uh, there there is a lot of that. I. Um, and look, like some of it might be right, and that there's a lot of lines that you can draw, but I, I think that it is, it's really unfair to try to do that until we officially know what is actually going on with all of this. And it has been, it's been a real black eye for things and has made things like the World Juniors a bit more difficult to support, mm-hmm. given how, like, all the information that has come out since, and I, I know it's not necessarily this network, but since the phenomenal reporting of rick westhead who yeah. has done an, an unbelievable job on on this entire thing yes. along with others as well um katie strange but th- there's yes oh. yes 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 oh. yeah 100 percent um some some really good reporting on this so yeah no it's it, it is a a big step and hopefully um we we get clarity on this situation soon so we can figure out the uh, appropriate punishments and, and try to move past this now. Yeah. And I, like, we think if you kind of like get what the, the reporters are saying on X and whatnot is that this will come sooner rather than later. And, and then, you know, what's next week, the NHL all-star game. So I can only imagine uh, the news affair that'll be around this league uh, next week. If we do find these names out before, uh, before next, uh, next Friday. Oh yeah. No, there's, there's going to be a lot of questions asked and I, I would imagine a lot of no comments for sure. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, I, I can't imagine that Gary Bettman is, is overly thrilled with the, the timing of this today, but I mean, I mean, well, to be fair too, I would imagine they want to get this over with as well. Right? Of course. Like they've been, they, they've had to answer questions on this for a long time as well. Right. So 
I, I would imagine that there, there is a little bit of like, can we just figure out who did what so we can punish people and move on? Like that this is not that this is not something they want hanging over all of this. So yeah, the, the timing is not great, but I, I think sooner rather than later to get this done is better for all parties, right? Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, timing, uh, the NHL did have a statement this morning regarding something completely different, uh, and it's on expansion. Uh, a 33 or 33rd team uh, this time would be in Salt Lake City. Ryan Smith uh, and his uh, what he's brought over with the Utah Jazz and, and building up their portfolio with the Smith Entertainment Group. Are we getting to the point that 33 is, uh, I, I, I was in the, like 32 was too much, but now we're getting into 33, and then who knows, 34, Atlanta wants a team. Are we getting to a point where the NHL has to be like, eh, too much is too much here with too many teams? Yeah, I, I think we're probably getting to that point. Um, I think you, you look like there are some dreadful teams right now. Like you, you look in the NBA, 30 teams. Obviously, there's some really bad ones there as well, but there, there is so much high-end talent across the board that you could probably spread that out a little bit. Um, I, I think we're kind of getting spread a little thin here. Although, like, we would have said that about the like the, the Vegas team, and they've won a Stanley Cup in, in their history. St. Lu- or, uh, Seattle, sorry, has already been to the playoffs. Like, they, they've done a lot with not as much, but we are, we are stretching this pretty thin, I, I think, at this point. Um, and I, I'm just wondering, there's not enough I, I talent can, to go around. Yeah, no, oh, no, no. That's, I, I think that's very fair. I, there's barely enough for 32 right now, right? Like you look at, um, you, you look at Chicago <laughs> and they, they have literally one good player. Yeah. So it's like that, that lineup that beat the flames a while ago, um, that was an AHL roster. So that's like, the, there, there's already not enough. And I can understand kind of breaking your back to get into markets like Vegas and Seattle, yes. right? Like you, you have a pretty good runway there um, to, to be like, not the first, but one of the first. And we, we've seen excellent results, especially in Vegas and the growing of the sport in, in that marquee market um, down in the States. I don't know if I'm rushing to get into Utah. That that one, like, I, I haven't looked at the NHL and thought, you know what this league's problem is? A lack of a presence in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, like, like, that just... The beehive I, state. Yeah, I, I don't... Like, I, I, I've... The, the NHL has a long, illustrious run of not being in Utah, and that feels like it hasn't held them back. So... Um, I can understand owners wanting expansion fees and just getting as much money as possible. That's what it's all about. But this, oh, totally. 100% is what it's all about. But it, it just... Like at this point, it, it, like swallow up all the Swedish and Finnish leagues and just have like a hundred teams and do a weird Champions League thing. Like just if you're gonna go for it, go for it, you know. Yeah, exactly. And we'll see what happens with Atlanta and then we well, Quebec City, Phoenix. We don't have an arena yet there, so yeah, lots, uh, lots that the NHL has to get to before uh, taking care of their teams in house before maybe expanding to. Uh, to another one uh we'll, we'll talk about the flames last night uh they had a 3-1 lead against the st louis blues in, in a in a, in a must win spot that's a team you're fighting with tooth and nail for a wild card spot and then you you have that third period i don't know i don't know you can't blame jacob markstrom in that one because he held him in there in the first period i thought he was really good but this is just more of the same now with the with the flames three straight games uh they've blown leads in two of those three it's it's getting to a point where they have to make a, a decision sooner rather than later i'm thinking yeah, 100%. Like, this is all the definition of just a mid-hockey team. Well, they yep. can beat some of the good teams, but they'll lose to some of the bad teams, and they'll hang around with the teams right with, right by them. That, that's a mid-hockey team. And there are pieces on this team that I like, and there was parts of that game where Calgary was in complete control. Mm-hmm. 
but it's the Blues, right? Like the, the Blues, like there's I, – I like Kairou and Thomas a lot. Saad had a good game, and Buchnevich was quiet for someone of his talent, but is, is a threat. And then after that, I guess neighbors as well. After that, I couldn't tell you who's on the team. It was it, It's a pretty top-heavy group. For, for St. Louis and Calgary took advantage of that early and then the, the wheels just fell off and uh, like you could go to, to things like oh no killer instinct or anything like that but they had chances to put that game away and didn't you have a power play there um, I think they were still up one when they or at least it was tied or something that um, they had power play opportunities and there was just no urgency that there's five minutes left, you have the man advantage and a mm-hmm. chance to put this game away. And well, we're slowly working the puck up ice and we're slowly like that. There has to be a, Hey, can we go here? And like, it's just, it's incredibly frustrating. And these are growing pains for a team that's had like 10 guys make NHL debuts or whatever it is, at least flames debuts this season and, and all of those sorts of things. But those, those are just simply losses that cannot happen. If that happens against the Leafs, which it did, um, or the Oilers, then that's one thing. Yep. But th- this is not an explosive Blues team. They showed on the broadcast last night, the Blues are 31st in the NHL in goals per game since November 28th with under two. And they got that on you in the third period. Like, th- this is it, it, there was no there was no urgency offensively. There was no anything defensively. And they hung out Jacob Markstrom, who was excellent in that game, even though the save percentage and the stats are going to look like he was the problem once again. It hasn't, he hasn't been the problem one time this year, in my opinion. The, the guys mm-hmm. in front of him let him down once again last night. Yeah, and uh, Flames will be back at it, welcoming uh, old pal Johnny Goudreau to the Dome uh, tomorrow. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, the Flames lost uh, their first matchup this year with the Blue Jackets uh, 3-1. They lie, and, uh, you know, and then the Blackhawks there on Saturday, a team that... They've had their struggles with over the last bit. So it's it is a massive week. You go into this nine day break after that, like you've got you've obviously have the pending UFAs. We figure Lindholm's gonna be gone. Uh you figure Tanev's probably gone. And then there's the Noah Hannafin thing. Well, he might be the one that you want to extend. I've been kind of in this in the camp. Uh GVP can back me up on this too, because he kind of agrees as well. Like this might be your best asset to move right now. How do you think this uh, that Craig Connery should have Coach Noah Hannafin here, uh, despite having a, a good season, he's probably not going to hit his career high that he had two years ago, but still a really solid season and a guy that's you know only 28, 29 years old. Yeah, it, it is so tricky because he is a little bit on the the younger side, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, twenty six. Sorry, he's twenty six. Yes. Why? Why? Yes. Please. <laughs> um, yeah, twenty six years old. So that like you, you sign him to a seven year contract he's 33 at the end of it. Like this isn't one of those, well, you're going to have to eat it in the last couple of years. No, that this guy will probably be good the entire length of that contract. And he is the exact type of player that so many teams want on their team. And so I can fully understand the flames wanting to lock that sort of a player in. The issue is we, we just talked about how mid this team feels there, there's only so much locking into a mid team that, that I would like to do. And mm-hmm. for, for Calgary, th- this feels like it would be one of the premier trade ships um, for, for, for this year's deadline. And, and I think you probably could get a, a really good return for, for, for this particular player. And I, I, if it were me, that would be the way that I would go again. I think Hannafin is awesome and that there is no part of me trading him or wanting to trade him that has anything to do with anything on the ice. It is strictly the situation the flames are in right now. And, um, and and just given like how the team is, I I think you have to look at, at making this move 
and getting those pieces back and just giving it another go. It's tough to find another Noah Hannafin. This isn't a team that is, um, I guess, super weak on the blue line. I get they're giving up a couple of uh, good ones here potentially, but Weger and Anderson is a pretty strong base. We'll yep. see what happens with, with Oliver Shillington um, whenever he comes back. But, I mean, they, they have some pieces down in the American Hockey League to try to fill in and, and work around this. But I, I think you just you have to take this shot now when you have it and get in uh, quite a few pieces to help move this team along. Uh, one more on the hockey uh, train here. Corey Perry, uh, his addition with the Edmonton Oilers, set to probably make his debut on Saturday against the Predators. They just won their 14th game in a row last night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, three away from tying uh, the NHL record at 17. They'll have to wait till after the All-Star break if they want to do that. But either way, do you think the Oilers have passed Vancouver and Winnipeg as the biggest threat among Canadian teams uh, to win a Stanley Cup? Oh, boy. I, I still say no okay. um, because the, the one thing, like obviously you have Connor McDavid, you are a threat, right? And you, you, you pair that with Leon Dreisaitl, you're a really, really big threat. So th- this isn't necessarily a knock on Edmonton. I just look at what does Vancouver and Winnipeg have that Edmonton doesn't, and that's a goalie I trust. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it, it, it. Well, that as well, yeah. yeah. It, and it's weird to be poking holes in a team that has won 14 games in a row. Like, we're getting to a and point Skinner where... set the just, team record for 11 wins as a franchise goal, as the goalie record, yeah. so... No, exactly, yeah. right? Like, so it's, it's, it's really difficult to be like, yeah, that guy's the problem when they won 14 in a row, but he's not Demko, and he's not Hellebuck, and we've seen in the playoffs having those guys matter. So if Edmonton, like, it would be uh, blasphemy to do. They've made it before, but Edmonton and Calgary sure do fit, I think, as, as trade partners a little bit here, where, like, what the Flames are giving up, the Oilers need. If they were, I think, any other team, that would be a, a real possibility. I, I just can't see Calgary just gifting um, Edmonton. And it wouldn't be gifting. They would get a boatload back, but gifting them those assets. But they do. They need another defenseman, and they need a, a, a high-level goalie. And if they can get anything close to both of those things, then we can revisit this conversation. Mm-hmm. But I, I, just, I think that Vancouver is so complete. And I think Winnipeg, ditto. Um, and Edmonton just has a few guys who are just better than everyone in the world, and then there's a bit of a fall-off. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we'll see what happens there with the Oilers as they, uh, well, they try for history, but uh, I think they obviously want to want to win come April. It, it doesn't matter right now. They just want to win in April, and that's what matters the most. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Peter Klein, uh, friend of the show, Couch, uh, the Couch Potato Podcast as well. It's NFL Championship weekend. Uh, these are the final four. I think you know, on the – on the outside, I think this is, a, this is a very good Final Four. Uh, like you get you get a, an upstart team in the Detroit Lions. We know their story from where they've come from to what um, MCDC Dan Campbell has done for them against the San Francisco 49ers, who you know have maybe probably arguably the best roster in the entire league and have to get over the hump. And then the Chiefs and Ravens, I think, is just going to be an absolute classic. Uh, but first, your thoughts on the NFC Championship Lions and Niners? How do you think that one's going to go down in Santa Clara? Man, I, and you know, we talked about this one of the times I, I was in there a bit ago. Yeah. I would have during the regular season classified myself as a Lions hater. Um, and I, like, still, they're in the NFC Championship game. They've had, like, a very good win after very good win. And still, ah, there's some holes. <laughs> I don't know. But then you look at, at San Francisco, and the, the 49ers were middle of the pack in run defense this year. Mm-hmm. And um, boy, it sure seems like Detroit could run the football on them. 
um, like how, how Aaron Jones just took advantage of, yep. of San Francisco a week ago. I could see the, the combination of Gibbs and Montgomery doing the same thing and then pressuring from Aiden Hutchinson. Well, Brock Purdy didn't handle that well last week. Now, it, it will probably be drier, but yeah. I, I just like you keep looking at the different matchups on this and it keeps being like, well, Detroit kind of has them there and Detroit kind of has them there and Detroit kind of has them there. But you, you mentioned before, San Francisco might have the most complete roster in the NFL. And I just, I keep coming back to that. I know like styles makes fights, styles make fights and match up this and match up that. San Francisco is just a better football team than the Detroit Lions. Kyle Shanahan has coached against Jared Goff before, albeit like he's not a defensive guru, but he's at least coached against mm-hmm. this guy before. And that they've seen him a fair amount and had quite a bit of success against the guy. Um, offensively, like they, it, it would be great if they had Debo back, but if you can keep Brock Purdy even like remotely calm in the pocket, this is a secondary that you can pick apart and you can have some pretty good days with, and they have some great weapons to do that. So I am still going San Francisco. um, And I think part of it is I'm just talking myself into it uh, a little bit because you, you do look at a few of these things and a lot of arrows do point Detroit's way. Yeah, that is that is it, it will be fascinating to see how Brock Purdy can handle another and like an NFC championship where he's healthy now. Uh, Debo Samuel, we'll see he's 50-50 that shoulder and whatnot, but uh, I'm super excited for that game out in uh, in Santa Clara. Over in Charm City, Baltimore and Kansas City, uh Chiefs, they they just feel like they just they've got that championship pedigree. They just know how to win at this time of year and they they played a pretty good game against the Buffalo Bills as well. And then Baltimore, this is a this was a case of Lamar Jackson trying to exercise some playoff demons. And, and the first half, it was a little shaky against Houston, but in that second half, uh, Mike McDonald's defense, obviously Todd Munkin's offense, and what Lamar Jackson has done uh, showed off, and, and that Baltimore talent rose. They, they're likely to have Mark Andrews back as well this week. How do you uh, read the AFC Championship? I, like, like you, I think this is going to be a phenomenal game. Oof. I was a little bit concerned at how Kansas City's defense kind of got pushed around by Buffalo a little bit. And um, I had someone comment on the YouTube video I posted about this game. By the way, Couch Potato Diary, every mm-hmm. day, check mm-hmm. it out. Um, but <laughs> someone said, well, that was the, the, the Kansas City game plan. Like, they, they didn't want to give up the explosive play, so they backed off and let the, let the Bills take the, the underneath stuff, and then you hope that Josh Allen turns into Josh Allen and throws an interception late or gets a a little bit too greedy. And that I understand until it gets to the red zone. And then you you would think you'd want to hunker down a little bit like that. You're not going to be like, well, let's just give them the underneath stuff from the five that turns into a (laughs) touchdown. So I, 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 I do think that there was a bit of crazy, like a Fox in there for the game plan. But I do also think Kansas city's defense that has been a hallmark this year kind of just got worked a little bit by Buffalo. And if Stephon Diggs can catch a deep pass down the right side, we're having an entirely different conversation. And we're probably talking about Buffalo taking on the the Baltimore Ravens here. Um, And so I I just like, yes, Kansas city has found that magic and many a dollar has been lost betting against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in a, a championship game. But I just look at Baltimore and they, they just feel more complete that defense. And I get Houston, didn't provide the most resistance last mm-hmm. weekend, but the, the defense is so fast and they hit so hard. They just close on everything. And you're not going to have the same holes that you had against Buffalo where every linebacker they've ever had has been injured. And that leaves the, the middle of the field wide open. Baltimore doesn't have those problems. I, I think they have the speed to be able to, to give Kansas city some issues. And then offensively for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson just looks 
different now. Like he is, uh, again, I, I said on my podcast, he's controlling the game instead of just like kind of going along with it. He is now in the pocket. He's patient. It's not one look and run. And when he's scrambling, he is looking to throw the ball downfield first. He is seeing the field so much more effectively than I think he has at any point in his NFL career. And he still has that weapon of running. And now that we are into the final two games of the season, you're, you're going to unlock that now. It's not going to be, hey, let's try to keep you a little bit healthier. If you have to throw it away, throw it away, whatever. He is going to be at his creative peak. I think Todd Munkin already in year one might be the best, one of the best offensive minds in the NFL um, with how versatile this team has been. And we talk about players stepping up on the Kansas City side. Zay Flowers has found another level. Yep. And um, I think you can now get creative with Likely and Andrews out there because Likely has been really good as well. So I, I just I think Baltimore just has everything going for them right now. I love how they are playing. We have seen Lamar Jackson in these spots come up short before, but this feels like a different Lamar Jackson today. Yeah, it sure does. I believe Patrick Mahomes, uh, he's 3-1 and one all time against Lamar Jackson, but uh, they remember met it, uh, with this uh, type of game on the line. Uh, that'll be the Ravens Chiefs at 1 o'clock on Sunday. That'll be the first of the championship games. Uh, your Raiders, uh, make the right hire there. That was the right move to bring back Antonio Pierce? Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, Max like- Crosby wanted out if they weren't going to going to bring him back yeah yeah when when every star player and i get with the raiders that is two but when every star player crosby and adams are like no that's my guy you got it you got to lock into him especially adams like you brought him in here to play with his boy Derek carr mm-hmm. and then you ship out Derek carr uh basically for jimmy garoppolo after year one you, you owe adams a solid but no like i, I um pierce i don't know tactically if uh he, he's exactly the the best coach in the league at this point but he has brought uh, and it's it's super cliche, but he's brought that swagger back to the Raiders the culture, that they haven't yeah. seen since uh, since I was cheering for them very early on in my fandom. And you see how that kind of culture, like you said, and that type of mentality has helped out in Detroit. Um, and I think that that is kind of the the base here in um, in Vegas with this group. That there's still a long way to go for this team. Like I, I don't think they have a, a real quarterback on this roster, and I. I worry about several positions on this team but this is a coach who's going to get the most out of these guys for now if you can get a couple of smart people around as the um as different coordinators he has a wealth of experience that he has been drawing off of so far he he clearly doesn't have an ego when it comes to that sort of thing and you know any deficiencies he has right now he's going to work his ass off to fix those so he is just he, he is the exact right guy that you want uh, around your team. And as someone who, like the, the Raiders making this hire, uh, I'm a Ryder fan. They bring in Corey Mace. I am like, I'm running through a wall for all my coaches right now. I'm loving this. <laughs> no, they, they're players' coaches. I think that, that, that matters a lot. And Tom Telesco, I think, is a, is a nice hire at GM. I know he hired Brandon Staley, but, you know, he was, he was the guy that brought in Justin Herbert. And one, he had some pretty good drafts there with the Chargers in his first uh, first go around. So uh, I think that was a nice hire as well. Uh, we can't get you out of here without talking about the the big story yesterday was uh, Netflix uh, paying five billion dollars to become the streaming home of WWE, essentially everywhere but the United States. Uh, but we'll obviously carry Raw down there. Uh, either way, this is a, a streaming giant's first foray into live events, and I can only imagine what uh, what they're going to do for the WWE. And then, hey, the NHL. Canadian TV rights are going to be up here in a couple of years as well. I wonder if uh, Netflix wants to poke around that. 
Well, and that, that's the biggest part of this, right? Like there's so many different factors that go into it that make it so fascinating. But I would be stunned if Netflix spent $5 billion for, like you said, basically worldwide streaming rights for the WWE. And we're like, ah, you know what? That's good. That, that's enough for us for live sports <laughs> and for live action. We're good. That's all we wanted was to get into professional wrestling. Um, I, I, I have a real difficult time believing that. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a wonderful reputation with, the, the sports world, given what they've done with the with Drive to Survive, yes. um, it doesn't get as much talk. But I thoroughly enjoyed the golf show that they did as mm-hmm, well. I think mm-hmm. Full Swing. Yep. Um, NASCAR's got done... a show coming uh, at the end of the month as well that Netflix is doing for them. So yeah, exactly. And like that, that would be a little bit tricky because there's a few of those drivers who I think we know enough about. I <laughs> there's there's a few people in NASCAR who I don't want to be listening under the rug and seeing what what is this guy really as a human <laughs> being, but. Um, <laughs> I look, it'll probably be entertaining. And the NHL would absolutely need something like that, where you, you need to get these pers- the personalities out of some of these guys and, and market them as, as bigger stars. So I, I think that this really does show the NHL, the NBA's rights are up basically now, right? Like there yeah. are negotiations for all of that in the States. All of a sudden now Netflix becomes a player in that conversation as well. And so the, the WWE, might be a bit of a, a Trojan horse for them to, to get into the, the streaming world. But I do think that this is a home run deal for the, the WWE. It, um, it, it gets them into some international markets they just weren't in before. Mm-hmm. It makes negotiating some of those things a little bit easier. And we are not far from the day where Netflix is going to, to surpass cable in terms of the, the amount of people who just have that over the other. And so the WWE, for, for all of their flaws, and there's – lots but for 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 all of their flaws they have been kind of like cutting edge on this from the beginning right like um pro wrestling was one of the first things on you have a streaming yeah yeah well on on streaming but even like back in the 80s yeah on on cable as well right like um wcw or jim crockett or whatever on on turner's networks was Mm -hmm. one of the first like real cornerstones of that and vince sees that and grows this wwe phenomenon and then like you said they were one of the first to go like, yeah, all of our big shows are on streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you still get our weekly show on over-the-air television because that makes sense at that time. But now they see how things are shifting, and they're going into that again. And um, I love that Vince McMahon isn't part of the picture anymore. Yeah. Uh, Nick Khan seems to Have yourself to be... a day, man, Nick Khan. Bringing in The Rock oh. yesterday to run TKO. It's like, or get yeah. on the board. It's like... Jeez. Yeah, if he just wanted to, like, mic drop, like, I'm good, man, I'm out, and this is already. <laughs> but, like, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking, like, this might be the most significant hire in the history of professional wrestling is yeah. bringing this guy in because he has, he has just unlocked something now in the WWE and, and really taken it to another level. And I, I think the possibilities are endless with the WWE and Netflix in terms of documentaries, um, in terms of oh, just, yeah. like, different different live things you can try and like there's obviously the crossovers like john cena is going to be shopping for his next house on selling sunset um and you're, you're gonna have blind. Things like that. right yeah exactly yeah there's gonna be love is blind wwe edition oh my God. um and and a, a, a weird squid games thing they're not gonna kill them but a, a weird squid games thing like that just so many different crossovers so i, I think there's gonna be Obviously, the corny side and all of these yes. things, but there is some innovation going on with this that make it a, a really, really exciting time to be a pro wrestling fan. Yeah, no, uh, it's great. Uh, whether whether it's AEW, whether it's WWE, it's a great time, uh, like you mentioned, uh, as professional wrestling. We could do this all day. There's so much more we could talk about. We got to hit the break, though, PK. Thank you so much for taking some time. What's uh, what you got cooking over at uh, Couch Potato? 
Uh, coming up today, going to yell about the Calgary Flames uh, a little <laughs> bit more. Um, going to rank the, the best Super Bowl matchups that we could get. And then a conversation that never draws up any controversy or any drama. Uh, going to look at the, the MLB Hall of Fame voting yes. and yelling. Yes yell and scream about steroids for a while. So should be a whole lot of fun. Check it out wherever you get your podcast and also on YouTube. There you go. There's Peter Klein. Thank you so much, buddy. We'll do this again soon. I'm sure you'll be here uh, soon. George is probably going to take a vacation <laughs> here, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never seem to be too far away. But, yeah, thanks, Ben. I really appreciate it. No problem, buddy. There you go. Peter Klein, uh, friend of the show, uh, Couch Potato Podcast. You heard him there. Find him on his Twitter, Prime Time Klein. Uh, always a good chat with him. Yeah, well, what a day. Uh, in the sports world yesterday with what what Netflix did, uh, entering into the live sports, uh, live events uh, thing with $5 billion. Pay $5 billion for that. That's Five bill. Five billion. Like I said, like the NHL Canadian rights are going to be up in a couple years. It ain't going to be just one. It's a good point. Like, what what is the future of sports streaming now that like Netflix has got into live sporting events with Monday Night Raw? I mean, Apple, there and Apple controls MLS. Yeah, the NFL are already dipping their toe with the the Peacocks, Amazon and, and yeah, Peacock. All that. Yeah, and like, I'm I'm just waiting for the day. Like, the I'm waiting for the first Super Bowl to be off cable and to be solely on streaming behind a paywall and all that like but, i mean like, you have to subscribe to it right well but, yeah be it it'd mm-hmm. be, it be an amazon be part of their deal like, i'm not saying it's going to be in the next like it could who knows the next tv deal is is up here and the nfl is negotiating they turner wants back in mm-hmm. tnt could be showing some nfl what would that number look like <sighs> well i mean you've bigger you've, bigger than wwe i would assume right or oh, the money mm-hmm. to, to get to so that they would have to pay to solely stream a super bowl yeah oh, disgusting <laughs> like find your biggest uh biggest tv rights and then like i don't know 15 20 25 billion i don't know oh god i don't know if it'd be that much but it would be a lot wow it would be included in their deal mm-hmm. be like okay you got your thursday night package you get a playoff game oh here's super and the big bowl. one and yeah. the big one so i don't know i still think that the super bowl is gonna stay on network tv it would just have to be just it's just that. It's an thing. American but, tradition at this point. But who right? knows? But, like know. sports is just taking off. Uh, that cable is not uh, is not is losing this battle right now. And yep. I know it's uh, like uh, you, the battle that people people had just to get Peacock to watch the Chiefs and uh, and St- or, sorry Chiefs and Dolphins there during Wild Card. Still twenty three million tuned in is still the most streamed thing that where has ever watched. So it wasn't comparable to like the forty million that you saw on Fox watch the Cowboys and. Pay, uh, sorry, the Cowboys and Packers or the fifty million yeah. that the the Bills and Chiefs just did on CBS. But hey, man, it's all about money, and it's crazy how like years ago we could never find sports. You could never find like I, I was talking off air to the. I guys. remember growing up, and like this is even like when I was a kid, and it, it was partly just because we we didn't you know do cable a lot, but. Saturday was hockey night in Canada. Yes. And, and that was still like a like a treasured thing in my house, yeah. right? Watching the games on Saturday, that was when you got a chance to watch the Flames once a week or, or any of the other Canadian teams. And nowadays it's like, oh, I can go watch Pittsburgh and Columbus play tonight or, yep. or whatever other out-of-market matchup that I want. And yep. that's kind of definitely like like taken off that uh that that shiny thing that I used to treasure off of Saturday nights, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah, but it, like it, you get to watch more of the sport you love, but it doesn't mean the same. It does. It, it exactly. I mean? It does. It yeah. does feel like it's. It's a lot. Of, there's just not enough coverage for like everything's covered. Yeah. But nobody is actually covering it. Like, oh, here's a game. Yeah. But you don't really, you don't really know about what's happening. And I was saying to the guys off air earlier this week, like, there's a game in 2005, 2006. It's a Saturday night game. The Flames are at home. They're hosting the Boston Bruins. 
It's a seven o'clock puck drop, and it's on Flames pay per view. Yeah, on a Saturday night. That's just how far we've come along. That yeah, was that's twenty true. years ago. I know. I, I remember those games. And it's like, wow, it's on pay per view tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, old gotta shell it out. Yeah, yeah, Rob Kerr, Perry oh, Berzan yeah. calling the old games on. Yeah, Flames that's pay-per-view. a blast from the past. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes, Peter Klein. He joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline.